as we are closing out this series dealing with building a better community. I want you to understand that in building a better community is going to take time. It will not just happen overnight. It will not just happen, you know, in a month's time. It may, it's going to take some time, but yet it'll be done quicker with more people involved. As you get more hands involved, you can see that the work will be multiplied. You may see certain souls, you know, the total makeover, how they rebuild a house in such a short time frame. Why? Because they get numerous people to have the desire to help out that one family. When someone comes together and they all come together and have something in common, they have the same goal in mind. Watch out. Because that task that looked impossible becomes very possible. And they get it done and then they rejoice together because they realize they work together. You see, in that in order for this to happen, that there was construction being done. And when there's construction being done, you know you have to watch where you walk. You got to watch where you go. Why? Because you don't want to damage the progress you have made. Zion, I want us to understand that Zion is under construction. We, we are not perfect. We have not attained where we would like to be, but we're trying so hard to put it together. There may be some people here that might have been hurt from the church, been turned off from the church, might even been this church. Maybe I offended you, and, and, and the reason why, because I'm too am under construction. I don't have it all together, nor will I claim to have it all together, but I want you to work with me as we work together trying to put it together. You see, construction takes time. If someone claims their church to be perfect, ask them if they're a member of it. <laughs> then let them know that it's not perfect. Because there's no perfect person, so how can there be a perfect church here on earth? But yet we're waiting for the time as, as God is going to change us that we will be like him. But yet that time has not come yet. That's why we're still working. That's why we're under construction. Tell somebody I'm under construction. And the key ingredient in this construction for change to happen is love. Love should be in your tool belt. Love should be a part of every time you walk out your door that you don't leave home without it. You should have love like it's an American Express card that you should charge everything to love. Just charge it. Don't worry about it. It's on me. Just charge it. And you're wondering why. Why? Well, Jesus says this. This is my command. Love each other. If you need some reference, turn to John 15 chapter. 17 verse. There goes your reference. This is my command. Love each other. So if you ever had a memory verse to remember, you can remember that one. Short and sweet. This is my command. What? Oh, I only got a few people in the church this morning. <laughs> Jesus says, this is my command. And what is it? Love. There it is. Love. I, I, I realize in my own life that love is under construction in me. That, that if it wasn't for the love of certain people in my life, where would I be? I, I can look back in my life and realize that due to my parents' love, right. 
with me. That it helped me to build up my life because I was truly under construction. My parents looked at me and said, what a mess we have right here. And they were trying to give me building blocks of how to say please and how to say thank you and, 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 and be nice and share your toys and don't talk back and raise your hand in class and be respectable. Tuck your shirt and brush your hair, brush your teeth. You know, they're trying to give me building blocks essential that I will have a good life. And yet, if it wasn't for them, I, I would go out not understanding how to build up my life. But yet when I came back destroyed and broken down because I fell short, because I did things I should not have done, my parents did not continue to destroy me, but they continued to love me. They continued to build me up. Because why? They realized that my son is only under construction. You see, in our lives, God is dealing with us, building us up, but yet it's only with his love. Now, catch this. The word love that Jesus is using is agape love, which means it's a divine, unconditional kind of love. A love that is attainable when you love Jesus yourself. And due to my parents loving Jesus, I got to experience unconditional love. That when I would talk back to them and, and, and break them down and break up things in the house and beat up my brothers and sisters and they beat me up too. I didn't always, you know. And, and, and yet, in spite of all that, they love me. They love us. Also, I, I remember another example of love in my life was from a, a principal of mine, Principal Adrian Hinton. And, and I remember how he loved me and he tried to build me up, realizing that Sam was under construction. Because cause he was really ready to destroy me, I'm telling you now, because he got tired of seeing me in the hallway, tired of the teachers complaining to him about me, tired of seeing how many demerits I had, tired of me pushing people in the hallway. And he gave me one swap, because he didn't want to swap me again. He said, this is all you're going to get. He just gave me a pat. He didn't really hurt me. He just gave me a pat, just trying to tell me, I love you, and I expect more out of you. Guess what? He didn't see me in his office again. Didn't mean I didn't get any more spots, but he didn't give me any more spots. But yet, I realized that I had to change my life. He loved me enough. He was building me up. So you see in this, that the tool of love, Jesus' command is love one another. My parents and, the, and, and this principle, love encouraged me to do right. Because I loved them, I wanted to make them happy. Think about that. Because I loved them, I wanted them to be pleased with my reaction. So when I did well at school, guess who I told? My parents. When I, I did well in the classroom and I got an A, I, I, I would make sure my principal would know and I made sure my parents would know. I, I was excited because of their love. It inspired me to do better. But now let's think about this. What about us? You may think personally about maybe somebody might inspire you, might be similar to me. You might have been your parents or a teacher or, or a principal or a co-worker. But yet this, that person's love inspires you to do better. The church should be a church of love. Zion, we say that we want to be the greatest loving church in the world. The greatest loving church in the world accepts everyone as they are. Is this that no matter how you look, no matter how you smell, no matter how you dress, guess what? I will love you 
I won't talk about you when I leave the church, the building, because why? You are the church. So when you talk about them at somewhere else, guess what? It's going to make its way back. But if I love you, that means I was happy to see you, to come into the fold, to come to Wednesday night Bible study, to come to Sunday school. I'm excited that you're here. I'm not going to talk about how you were dressed or how you came in late or how you sat in the wrong spot and they had to move you. No, I'm going to talk about I was happy to see you. And I hope your experience was a good one. I hope you didn't feel ostracized. I hope you didn't feel, you know, that you were put out, that everybody was talking about you. I hope you felt love. God realized that the best way to build each other up was love. People operate better under affirmation than they do in criticism. You tell me I'm no good, then I'm going to be no good. You tell me I'm the best, I'm going to try my hardest to be the best. Think about how... Is it this that you, you you know the Super Bowl? They talked about these two coaches, how they didn't yell at their players, and they were confessing men of God. They did not say, "I thank God," but they said, "Because Christ in my life, I want them to see Christ in me." You see here now these two coaches, despite their race, they were a minority. They were Christians. You catch that there? You, you may realize that being a Christian is a minority. Oh, we got a Christian nation, but they don't want prayer in schools. Oh, we got a Christian nation, but you, you, you're with me here. Homosexual is okay. You see here, we realize that we are a minority because the whole Bible, not part of it, not a section of it, but the whole Bible builds up our faith and, and it leads up to Jesus. And Jesus says, love one another. And, and so with that in mind, these two coaches decided that I will be different. I won't be like the world, but I'm going to encourage love and respect. That when people talk about these coaches, they cannot say, like Bob Knight, they choked somebody or threw a chair across the hallway. But they say these are distinguished men, men of integrity, men of character. You see here, when you show the love, when you show the love of Jesus, people see the difference in your life. You two will be on a broad stage. It may be at your workplace. It may be at home. It may be in your neighborhood. It may be in your school. People will talk about you different because why? How you treat others. Not how you dress. Not the car you drive. Not because you had the new shoes before they came out into the store. But they're going to talk about how you love somebody else over yourself. Zion to be that kind of a church. That no matter what race, creed, and color that comes in here, that they don't look around and feel misplaced, but they come in and they feel a part of something. They feel welcome. And guess what? They'll come back. And when they come back, they might invite you to go where they go. And you might find you a new friend. You see here, they'll come together. We should come together with one thing in common. Love one another. And, and Jesus prefaces this, says this, that, that when you love one another, then they know that you are my disciples. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. That's why we're under construction, because we're still dealing with those commands. Love includes this, that I will forgive you 
for what you said about me, what you did to me. I, I, I will forgive you and love you anyway. Now, we understand, we dealt, we dealt with forgiveness before, that, that forgiveness oftentimes means you feel like some, you're, you're letting that person off the hook. You're paying that person, but yet, love is this. Love is really a gift. When you forgive somebody, you're giving them a gift. And you give them this gift that I forgive you. And why? Because Jesus freely gave you that gift. Jesus freely forgave us. And so Jesus is teaching us to his disciples about love that, no, no, you should forgive one another. He talked about forgiveness. Even his disciples, Peter, I, I can see Peter just, just testing Jesus. He said, you've been talking about forgiveness, and so I want to make sure this is right. And, you know, I can imagine Peter might be dealing with some forgiveness issues in his life that a, a brother was offending him. And, and Peter realized that he should go above and beyond just one time. So he said, how many times shall I forgive my brother? Seven times? And Jesus just said, nah, 70 times 70. And it is by mind blowing. You see here, love is unconditional. It's not based on how often or what you're going to do for me. But because I love you, I will forgive you. Love will not criticize. Imagine coming into an environment and you feeling that everybody's looking how well you appear. Or they talk about your job or how much money you're able to give. You know, all these superficial things that have no meaning whatsoever. It's all about your heart. Jesus did not come to make people rich. He did not come to give you a big house. He did not come to make sure your family and everybody got a great education. He came so that you would not su suffer eternity separated from him. And when we lose that focus and we make it about how well you dress and, and make sure you sing the song on key and, and make sure the preacher don't preach too long, you're losing focus. You should realize it's about loving one another. You see, a church under construction, realize it doesn't matter what really happens on Sunday if it doesn't happen the rest of the week. If I worship God on Sunday and I'm cursing him on Monday, why did I come on Sunday? Just to be seen. We need to realize that Jesus loved us. And, 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 and he shared this, that, that love one another. Love one another. Are y'all with me in Matthew 15 chapter? Let's listen some more into God's word. It says this. John 15 chapter, starting at, at verse 9. I... I John, that what I said, Matthew, before, I got excited. I flipped the pages of my Bible, and it was on the wrong chapter. Amen. See, see? Good. I was wrong. See, I'm under construction. I am not perfect, nor will I claim to be. I apologize. I was wrong. Try that. Try that. It says this, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed what? My Father's commands and remain in his love. I'm reading from the NIV. I, I, I was moving out all the yees so you get the you, because I'm talking to you. So y'all see that yees, you say, you ain't talking about me. Who's that ye? You know, that, that ye over there, all right? I have told you this, that my joy may be, you, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. 
Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last when the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. What's the command? All right. So you're seeing there the command, love one another. That Jesus says this, that no greater love than this, than a friend, what? Lay his life down for another. You see here, oftentimes that we realize that love is, is, oh, I love you, so I'm going to give you flowers. Oh, I love you, so I'm going to take you out on your birthday. But Jesus says, no, love is sacrificial. Love doesn't mean what I am doing for you in order to make you feel better, but love means I'm doing something for you because I love you and I want to see you happy in your life. If it means that I will sacrifice my time, I will give it to you. That means if I want to give you a Bible because it's my favorite Bible, but you don't have one, I'll give you mine. If it is because you're hungry and, and I have money in my pocket for food and, and money to spare, I will buy you some food. You see, Jesus realizes that love means this. If you love a person enough, you will give your life up for them. But yet oftentimes we realize this, that I don't love you that much. I'm not going to give up my ride, my favorite television show at this time to come meet you. Call me back later. I don't, I'm not even concerned if it's an emergency or not. Call me back later. My show's on. You know, we realize that love is this. What can I do for you? Love is serving. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. You see, we need to realize that a church under construction, realize that it's not about me. It's not about how I can get my name and life or how somebody's going to write an article about me. But yet, I'd rather they know Jesus. I'd rather they know Jesus. You see, when we show love to one another, it gets contagious. Because my parents showed me love and my principals showed me love, it was contagious in my life that I started showing love to other people. But my mom and my dad continued to teach me at home and me learning at church about how I should love my neighbor as I love myself. It made me think about things a different way. I used to love talking about people. It was a talent I had. I said, a talent. I was good. You know those comedians you see on TV, you laugh at them when they talk about people? That was me. I would have a stage, I would have a crowd, and I was good. I could cut people down. I could tear them apart. And I would love doing those things. And then it started hitting me that, Sam, when you're talking about them, you're talking about yourself. When you're tearing them down, you're breaking down yourself. When you're saying they're ugly, you're, you're more uglier than they'll ever be. Because why? I realized that God has told me to love my brothers and my sisters as I love myself. And so how am I showing them love when I'm telling them how much I don't like them? Not giving them compliments. You know, oftentimes when we criticize people and we have jealousy and pride in our hearts, we, we see this, that when I talk about you, it's constructive criticism, but when you talk about me, it's destructive criticism. 
need to humble ourselves and realize if you're going to talk about something, you need to prepare for them to criticize you. The Bible says judge not. As you should be judged because the same way you judge will be measured on you. You see here that when I love somebody, I should love them the same way I want them to love me. And so, Zion, I would like us to trip over each other when somebody comes in and says, Now nah, I'm going to be the first one to greet them. I'm going to be the first one to serve them. Beating each other up, you know, saying, nah, it's my turn to go pick up so-and-so. No, it's my turn to go out to so-and-so. You know, we should be excited. It should be contagious that we should just go out and do. But yet, when we ourselves are not willing to love, it's hard for us to love somebody else. We're under construction. We need to really realize that, God, I have issues in my life. And I thank you, Lord, for loving me unconditionally. I thank you, Lord, that you love me enough. You sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I, I thank you, Lord, that you love me enough that in spite of all the wrongs that I've done, my best friend, my closest friends really don't know. Because really, Lord, you could expose me a long time ago. I would have lost my family. I would have lost my job. I, I would have lost all kind of self-respect I, I, I have right now. But, Lord, because of your mercy. But yet we want to expose other people. We want to defame other people. Why? Because we're jealous of what they have. You know, if you, if you get excited when you see somebody claiming for bankruptcy because you are jealous of them. When you see their marriage fall apart, you are jealous of them when you are rejoicing. I'm glad they fall apart. They want all that anyway. Because you realize that they had something you did not have. But it wasn't their fault. It's yours. We want to blame God, but yet God says this, I've given you free choice, but I've given you my Bible, my guidelines for a living. He said, I, I showed you the right way to go. Get into his word and, and let, let me just show you. That's why Jesus is, now I'm going to show you this, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's on his way to the cross, y'all. It's getting very close to this time, and he's, he's sharing this with his disciples, telling them how I'm got to go to a place. I'm about to go somewhere. I'm, I'm not going to be here forever, so catch my commands. Catch this. Catch this. Really understand what it means to love one another. Zion, imagine when we are loving one another. Imagine how this building will not be room enough for the people that come in. Imagine how when you walk out, the neighborhood will be different than it was before you'll feel safe going back and forth or across the street. Imagine how if you're here late at night, you're not scared if someone's going to come by and rob you. Imagine how when love is overflowing, you're not concerned if you're going to have something to eat. You know you can just dial a friend. That's what love does. That it, 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 it will share and spread like wildfire. We see in the beginning of the church in Acts, that when the love pierced their hearts, it said that over 3,000 joined the church and they broke bread together and they gave so that nobody was in need. You want, you want to check the reference, check Acts 2nd chapter. And, and you can see that, that, that how this community was changed. Thousands of people were changed because of love being shown sacrificially. They said, I have excess and someone has not. But guess what? I want to be in common with them. So I'm going to take what I have and share with them. You have no place to live. Come live with me. You've seen here that 
I want us to understand that we're not trying to exalt ourselves. We're trying to lift up Jesus. And when we lift up Jesus, then Jesus, guess what, will lift you up. He will provide things in your life that you did not know that was going to come. He, he will make your house get bigger. He'll make your car look longer. He'll make your life look better because you're living it for him. Your life will change on the inside, may not on the outside. Because on the outside, you still are dealing with this decrepit world. Your body is falling apart. This earth is falling apart. But yet, 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 Paul writes how we are earth and vessel perplexed but not broken. Because why? There's a something inside that God is working inwardly in us so that his glory may be seen. Zion, our glory can be seen when we allow God to work in us and, and construct us and build us up. That we will sow the love one to another so that when someone walks across you, they will not be just asking what church you go to. They'll be asking you about Jesus. And there'll be an opportunity for you to share them about Jesus. And, and, and they, they might have been hurting that day and looking for prayer. And out of everybody in that office, they came to you. Has that happened to anybody before? That, that a person just came to you for prayer because they're about to have surgery or they're concerned about their husband or their, or their wife or their, or their children or, or a difficult pregnancy. And, 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 and they say, you got a closer connection to God than I do. There's an opportunity for you so you can have the same connection. It's really not very difficult to grasp. Jesus says this, that, that he loved us enough that he, God sent him, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sin. And when we think about that, that's what Jesus is saying, that, that there's no greater love than this than for a friend to lay down his life for another. We have a friend in Jesus. He calls us friend when we obey his commands. I'm so glad that God loves us enough that he calls us his friend. And, 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 and what a friend does, a friend will do whatever he can to see a friend succeed. He won't put you last. He will put you first. He will make sure that you will be moving forward in your life. As a friend, we, as we have a friend in Jesus, we should be a friend one to another. That we should be checking up on our friends, praying for our friends, seeing if our friends are okay and all right. Making sure that they don't have any troubles in their lives. And if there are troubles in their lives, we'll be looking, how can I help you out? Zion is under construction. Realize that, that we have not arrived there yet, but we work in there to build a better community. It starts individually with us. And it starts with us saying, Lord, take my life and use it. And, Lord, as you take my life and use it, you will be using me to help somebody else's life. And, Lord, bless me to forget about Sam, forget about myself. But, Lord, help me to serve them better than I serve myself. Help me, Lord, to show them the love of Jesus. Help them to see that Jesus loves them more than I can ever love them. They're thankful for what I'm doing to them, but yet it was Jesus that's doing it through me. I want you to understand that Sam is really not a great guy. But glory be to God through the Holy Spirit that it catches Sam when Sam wants to put himself first. When Sam wants to be prideful and boast and, and say it's all about me. But I realize that I cannot do anything without Jesus. It's because of his love, his unconditional love that so mercy on me. You, I want you to understand that the church is, is under construction sometimes. Why? Because unforgiving people meet forgiving people who forgot they've been forgiven. 
And so they treat them wrong and they push them out the door. But, but glory be to God that we should confess our sins and, and say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry for what I've done. And I want to show love to one another. I want everybody, no matter race, no matter what color, no matter what social economic background you come from, I want them to come on in and, and give glory to God and realize that it's not about me, but Lord, it's all about you. I, I, I'm under construction. You're under construction. Come, let us go to our creator and let him build us up as we build up a better community, as we build up one another. We're rebuilding families. We're rebuilding children. Rebuilding our school system, our, our political system. Why? Wow, we can do that through the power of God. If, if one man, Jesus, and 12 disciples can send the Roman Empire upside down, concerned about one lonely man, about how he's going to take his kingdom and rule the world, guess what? Did they stop him? Nope. Because he lives. They took him to the cross. They hung him high and stressed him. Why? They pinched him in the side to make sure that he did die. But guess what? Three days later, he rose again with all power in his hands. And, and not only that, he came back and talked to his disciples and said, Go ye into all the world making disciples. That's our charge, to go into the world and make disciples. To tell somebody else that I too was a sinner just like you. And guess what? I still don't have it together. But through Jesus, I can bring it together. Through Jesus, I can change my life. Through Jesus, I can love you and you can love me. And we can change this world together. Are you with me? So let us be on the construction together. Let us come hand in hand and work together, breaking bread together, sharing our resources together, bringing whatever we have, whether it's just time, whether it's money, whether it's excess luggage, clothes, bring it and say, Lord, what can you do with this? And, and if I can't use it, Lord, find somebody that can. Under construction. Realizing that I don't have it all together, but Lord, I'm going to take what I have and give it to you. And just as you took two, two fishes of five barley loaves, you said to feed a multitude. Lord, I know you can do what you can with this. And you can do that with your life. But all he's looking for you just to submit to his commands. And love Jesus with all your heart, with all your might. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And if you do not know Jesus, I'll tell you this, that it's not very difficult, not very hard. Jesus says this, that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believe him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And, and once you give your life to Jesus, there's something that changes in you. And, and, and you realize that no longer am I living for myself, but I'm living for the one who bled and died for me. So now I'll live for him. And here at Zion, we want to walk with you as we grow together in Christ. As we learn how to build a better community, as we learn together how to forget about ourselves and, and forgive people that hurt us, forgive people that cheated on us, and, and, and say, Lord, I did the same thing to you, Father, but you love me the same. Help me to help them change their ways, Lord, as you're helping me change my ways. And guess what? We'll change our ways together. You see, when we come together, we can change together all through the power of Jesus. That's the key. Love. Because God is love. And we need God to change our lives so we can change this community. And we can do this together.
Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Right now, you may realize there's some issues in your life that you have God working on. That you want God to build up. Let us pray, Father, right now. Lord, we have pride and jealousy and lust and, and gossiping and just things in our heart, Lord, that we know that's not of you. And Lord, we realize that through the power of your Holy Spirit, we can change. And Lord, you ask us to submit ourselves to you, to make you Lord of our lives. And you'll make a difference in our lives, Father. Change our view with your word that we see and we hate sin for what it is. And love you, Lord, with all our heart and with all our might. Lord, if there's someone here that may not know Jesus as a Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray right now that they can believe that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and rose again from the grave. Lord, I pray right now that they can see that we all have messed up. There's no one in here that's living a perfect life. But Lord, Jesus did and died for us so that we can spend eternity with you. And he left us to command to love one another. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us for the times we did not love one another as we should. But, Lord, right now we're going to build up. We're going to accept everybody for who they are. And, Lord, if there's someone here that's accepting Christ today, Lord, we want to accept them and rejoice. If there's someone here looking for a church home, Lord, we pray that we can be that church home for them and build them up as they build us up, Lord. Let us love them as they love us. Let us serve them as they serve us, Lord, and we'll serve this community together. I pray if there's someone here right now, Father. Well, Lord, move as only you can right now. Our response is to you. In Jesus' name we pray.